This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and it is a big victory Monday for the Seahawks as they get the 21 to 20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals at home to keep that home winning streak alive. And to talk about the win, I am joined by Ross Bell of the First and Ten Podcast, getting into about uh, your into year two of First and Ten, huh, Ross? Yeah, so it's going well. I'm happy to. Uh, we've we've not died by the come on the wayside in the first season, and we're we're pushing on for a year too. Yeah, so happy to be here as well, Brandon. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, and I'm I'm glad we're kicking this off with talking about a win, Ross, because mm. there were some points in this game where I was not quite sold on the fact that the Seahawks <laughs> were going to come away with a win in this game. But you know, it's kind. I feel like we've seen this type of performance before the where the team does just enough to get the yeah. win and it's I, I, it's almost Pete Carroll's MO at this point yeah it's it's about 272 days I think since the Cowboys game and <laughs> immediately the the, it, the memories just came flooding back oh this is how we play we play down to bad teams we play up against good teams and obviously it's week one isn't there's no tape on this team and there's not really that much tape on John Ross in the NFL. He's not done a great deal, but yeah, it's a, a win. You can't be too disappointed with a win in week one. Andy Dalton and a new offense. And one of the things that kind of surprised me a little bit is because when they have Joe Mixon, you know, the mm. NFL's, or not the NFL's, but the AFC's leading rusher last year. And they got Gio Bernard, who they just signed to a contract it was obvious of the game plan by the end of the first half for the Bengals. They just weren't going to run the ball uh, nearly at all. They finished the game with 13 attempts, uh, 31 yards between Mixon and Bernard. I mean, Mixon does get hurt in the game, but I mean, they just, they were not going to run the ball. Yeah. The, our defensive line was not having any of that. They, they were the, the biggest highlight for me. They looked the run defense looked as good as ever, and that's without Jaron Reed being there, which is a huge testament to Al, Al Woods and Quinton Jefferson. Really, they were holding it down in the middle. And those two guys were probably when you talk about big performance on the defensive side of the ball. Quinton Jefferson, mm. two sacks, and probably his first one was the biggest impact because they sacked Dalton. It makes them punt out of their end zone, mm. and then Seattle had a short field for their first touchdown of the game. Yeah, he's 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 really stepped up into that role. He was, what, three sacks last season? He's already got two. He was just a menace all game, getting his hands on uh, batting down passes and just getting to the, when they did try to rush, he was there straight away as well. Yeah, just they're, they're a fantastic. Clowney started well. I think he kind of slightly disappeared throughout the, the second half, but... If Jefferson's there, they, they really limited him in terms of snaps because yeah. Pete Carroll after the game was talking about how, you know, he was in there for 20 snaps in the first half. And that was more than they expected because, well, the Bengals just had so many more plays in the first half. The Seahawks had two three and outs uh, for their two possessions in the first quarter. They didn't even get the first down until the very last play of the first quarter. We were under the impression that the Seahawks offensive line was going to be good going into the season. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've if forgotten what this feels like. I feel like maybe we underestimated maybe how good the Bengals defensive line would be. Yeah, they were they were swarming. They were they were bringing the house on quite a lot of plays and they were getting to Russ, I think it was four sacks in the end they finished with. 
he had, he had no time at all. And there was a couple of run plays where he handed off, off to Carson. And as soon as Carson touched the ball, there was two guys in his face. The the right side, um, I, every time I come on this podcast, I just moan about uh, Jermaine Lefetti and he continues to be Jermaine Lefetti. That's all I'll say on him. Um, it wasn't a, a strong performance from the offensive line. I'm hoping Mike Party can come in and strengthen that left side. I think Posick had a couple of highlights, but he also had a couple of blown coverages. And against Geno Atkins, that's a, that's a tough job. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't fun to watch. It, it was very much... Um, I saw someone tweet, it's a good day for Tom Cable O-line in Seattle. It's uh, <laughs> it, it looked like one of those. Yeah, Atkins had a, a really solid day, and you know whether he was going up against Justin Britt, and he went down with an injury mm. early on that uh, kind of freaked out Seahawks fans a little bit, and we, we almost we got to see, I think, Upati on the field for one play, uh, yeah. but then Justin Britt able to come out for the next drive, and and he seemed fine for the rest of the game. So one um, thing we need to tidy up is um, stopping our players running into our platoon players. Yeah, whether it's on offense or defense, you know, Uma, uh, Ugo Amani went down running into another guy. I didn't see quite the extent of that injury, but he was able to, it must have just knocked the wind out of him because uh, he was able to get up and run off the field. Yeah, McDougald came out of the backfield. I think he was kind of, um, I think he, um, Amadi was kind of hidden behind Tyler Boyd. And mm. as they collided, he just took uh, Bradley McDougald full on in the face and just, yeah, took the wind out of him, I think. But good to see him run off the field. And then, yeah, Will Disley running into um, Justin Britt and knocking him out of the game for a couple of plays. That was worrying as well. Yeah, well, let's let's talk highlights because, you know, the, well, probably the biggest highlight of this game, Ross, DK Metcalf, four yeah. catches, 89 yards. And I feel like it was nice of him to honor Doug Baldwin in that way by by receiving for 89 <laughs> yards in this game. Yeah, perfect. That's very fitting. Yeah, I like that. He he looks great, doesn't he? He was everything I kind of think we thought he would be. And the one downside is his mouth guard. It appears to be a big dummy uh, pacifier <laughs> for the American listeners. That's that's strange. But apart from that, yeah, he looks he looks good. I like the. It's called the dummy in. Uh... It's a dummy in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks he looks very good. And then of course the the big Tyler Lockett touchdown. Um, just to, Tyler Lockett doing what Tyler Lockett does. I was quite shocked that he dropped the ball in the second half. Oh my gosh, that had to be, that was my biggest worry that mm. on that drive, um, I think it was, oh, it was about seven minutes when they got the ball back. It was right after that long Cincinnati drive that they end up settling for a field goal. They're only down by yeah. one point. Seahawks get the ball back and Russell goes down the field to Tyler. And yeah, just the second time that they linked up for the game, and mm. it goes right through the hands of Tyler Lockett, a really uncharacteristic drop for Tyler. And it wipes out a potential 20 plus yard gain. It turns it into a three and out. And then Cincinnati is getting the ball back. And fortunately, the defense able to hold them just the one first down. They, they punt the ball back to the Seahawks. And at that point, you know, you're you're hoping the Seahawks can get just one first down just to make it, yeah. you know, that much tougher on the Bengals and they do it. They Russell Wilson takes the ball on first down, able to pick up six yards. They get another uh, few yards with Carson and they get it on uh, the third and short. Uh, they're able to put it away, despite the fact that it looked like 
on that last drive too. You know, they take the timeout and then there's all this confusion coming out of the timeout. Russell tries yeah. to take another timeout, and <laughs> which obviously results in a delay of game because you can't do that. You can't call back-to-back timeouts. Yeah, it almost worked out probably in their favor because if they're if Russell's able to take that timeout, then yeah. they also don't have the ability to you know call the timeout you know, right to bring it down to 28 seconds right before the punt. So it, yeah. it kind of worked out for him in a way, I guess. It, it was scruffy, but it, it got the job done. And as soon as I knew we were going to punt it, I was, I was confident that the punt would be good enough to pin them right back because Dixon is just Michael Dixon. That's what he does. He'll do that time and time again. And then, yeah, the, the defense came out good right at the end with a, 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 well, a, a fumble recovery as well. Yeah, Rasheem Green getting the sack yeah. fumble to to knock it away at the end. And it was kind of one of those calls where you're hanging on the the call from the official of what the ruling mm. on the field is going to be because, you know, they probably could have ruled it an incomplete pass and then they would have stuck with that. And But they ruled it a fumble. And I felt like, you know, there wasn't going to be any kind of conclusive giveaway one way or the other when you saw the replay. And, and it does go. And they, I think they actually confirmed it as a fumble, as a matter yes. of fact, to, to end the game. So, uh, yeah, they did. No, no question about it there. Well, as you were at the game, you wouldn't have seen the telecast. Um, Gene, they, they threw to Gene Steratore to do for these things, and he was adamant that it's not a fumble. It was a, it was an incomplete pass. Oh, wow. Literally, as soon as, the second he stopped talking, they confirmed the call on the field as a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> Made him look like a right mug. But, yeah, I think um, they, the defence came up big when it needed to. Um, and, yeah, some, some nice offensive plays. It's just it's, it's not consistent enough. It's the same old, it's run, run, pass, run, run, pass. We know what's going to happen. And if it's not... Not working on the first two, it puts a lot of pressure on Russell at third down. But he finished with fourteen and twenty, two hundred yards, two touchdowns, averaged almost ten yards a pass. It's th- those stats look good, really. Chris Carson having two touchdowns, you know, one yeah. on the ground and one through the air was nice. It wasn't. He didn't have. I know at one point in the game he was averaging maybe two yards per carry. He finishes mm. finishes with just over three yards per carry, fifteen attempts, forty six yards. But one of the things that we heard. Brian Schottenheimer talking about in the offseason was trying to get Carson more involved in the passing game. And yeah. they did that in this game. He got he had six receptions. He was the leading guy with receptions with six, 35 yeah. yards. He had the touchdowns. And, you know, people are going, oh, geez, you know, 50, a goal for 50 catches in a season. That sounds like a lot for Chris Carson. But shoot, now he's on pace for 96. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seven targets, six catches, and he looked he looked good every time he caught the ball. He he he's he's exciting in the way that Marshall was exciting. That he can just run through people, we can drag people, we'll keep twisting and keeping those legs going. And he is exciting. Metcalf's exciting, and Lockett is exciting as well. There's still three guys there that are super exciting on the offense. It's just uh, the kind of surrounding pieces around that. Tight ends didn't impress me too much. Disney had one catch of twelve yards after giving away a, a false start just before that, but. Overall, I'm happy with that offensive performance. There's things to tidy up, I think, but some impressive plays in there as well. And I think DK Metcalf uh, is a big standout considering he was on the injured report earlier in the week as well. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those performances on offense where it's just enough, just enough yeah. to get the job done. And they get the 21 to 20 win and the offense on the other side of the ball for the Bengals. I mean, Andy Dalton, 
attempts 51 (laughs) passes, 35 completions, 418 yards. He has the two touchdowns, you know, the long bomb to end the, the first half to Ross and just over the fingertips of Tendrick Thompson, who was in perfect position to to (laughs) knock that ball away. And and whether he mistimed it or he just stepped up too much into it, but it just goes over his fingertips and, Oh man, he there's, you know, there's two guys who would be kicking themselves if Mm. they ended up taking the L against the Bengals. And I think it would be Tedrick Thompson on that play. And I think it would be Tyler Lockett for that drop late in the game. Yes, definitely. I think overall, Thompson and uh, Trey Flowers did just enough. Um, they they weren't fantastic. They got exposed on a couple of plays, but I think they did just enough. They they're definitely still learning, and Thompson worries me. But then so does Marquise Blair from what I saw in preseason. So if it's not, it's basically a straight swap either of those two guys. But yeah, I think Tedrick just he just stepped forward too much, and by the time he'd reached the peak of his jump, it was just over his fingertips. If he was a step further back, it would have dropped nicely into his hands and would have been a, a like an L. Thomas type interception. And I feel like it's plays like that that week one; those are maybe some of the things that you you tend to see in the very first week yeah. of the season, and something that he's not going to allow to happen in the down the road. So I, I'm hoping he learns from it. And mm. you heard Pete Carroll talking about after the game, you know, that it's not an, an issue of, you know, in terms of practice, they practice those types of plays all the time. And those are the ones that he always makes in practice. And he just wasn't there for him that particular moment. So gosh, it was, that that was a, a punch to the gut. I know for, for mm. everybody watching who, you know, you're feeling good about the team, you know, we're up 14 to 10 and here it is the Bengals, you know, they don't have a lot of time left on the clock. And yet here's a deep pass right at the end of the second quarter. And it's one thing if they make a play like that and it's just a good play, but when your guy is in the position to make the play and can't make the mm. play so frustrating. Yeah, John Ross, there's no account of John Ross's career, career game, basically. He had 210 yards all last season. Yeah. 158 yards last night. It's he, he was just finding space to run into. He was sitting in that zone, and that's the downside to our defense, that there is going to be gaps for guys to catch the ball. And when he's got that sort of pace, he'll he'll get away from guys as well. I think we held Tyler Boyd in check quite well. Eight catches for 60 yards. And, yeah, we, we kept the run game in check. 34, 33 yards, like you said, 31 yards. So... Yeah, well, yeah, they just didn't. They, they up, weren't but... even trying the run. They, they didn't even try no, to run the ball, Ross. They gave up. <laughs> yeah, they fully gave up. They saw what was working and just stuck with it. And if we can tidy up some of that kind of mid-range catches, then yeah, this defense isn't far away. I don't think the linebackers were superb again, as they always are. All right, Ross. Well, I want to take a quick break. We'll come right back, and I want to talk about. Uh, really what won it for the Seahawks in this game because there was there were a couple aspects to it that, that we haven't quite touched on that I think we need to talk about let's do that after the break and I'm joined by Ross Bell of the first and 10 podcast to talk about the Seahawks 21 to 20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals in week one they keep that winning streak alive for their home openers in the in week one matchups and there's a couple things where i think it was really key for the seahawks that allowed them to get the win versus what the bengals did because obviously you know the bengals able to put up a lot of yards they held the time of possession in this game 
It was, I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, I think they had it for like 36 minutes compared to uh, Seattle's 24. But what it really came down to for me, Ross, was the fact that you look at the red zone scoring percentage. The Bengals 0 for 3 inside the red zone. They miss a field goal in this game. But the Seahawks inside the red zone able to go 2 for 2, get the touchdown. So while the Bengals are missing out on those opportunities... Seattle was capitalizing, and that really was the big difference in this game. Yeah, this is something that goes back to last season. Our red zone defense is is phenomenal. They, they it's that bend but don't break philosophy. It, it works. We get beaten on long plays, but in this inside the twenties, it's really tough to get anything happening in there. And yeah, when we, we we've got a guy like Chris Carson that can pound the ball in from anywhere inside the twenty, you'd, you'd feel confident with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm once we get into the red zone, I think I'm always happy that we're going to get a touchdown. And if we don't, we settle for a, a very comfortable field goal. That's nice to say, isn't it? Comfortable kicking we've got this season, Brandon, as well. <laughs> yeah, you could tell the Jets were missing uh, having a field goal kicker <laughs> yes. like Myers in their game against Buffalo this week. But yeah. uh, yes, Myers on the field able to come through uh, for, for the extra points, at least in this game. And you saw it on the opposite side with the missed 45-yard field goal. Mm. It was wet. Uh, conditions at the game, you know, especially toward the second half. The missed opportunities by the Bengals were definitely one of the things that helped. But I think also you have to give some credit to the Pete Carroll defense. And you mentioned the bend but don't break part of it. But even though they weren't getting a ton of pressure on Andy Dalton, the fact that they only gave up three points to the Bengals in that second half. Yeah, the Bengals opening drive was a 13 play drive and it ended with a field goal yeah i mean that's 51 yards 13 plays almost eight minutes and yeah just don't just don't give that touchdown away give a field goal away that's fine we can get that back and they had this throughout the game when they had to go for long drives they either turned the ball over and um, with a punt or a fumble or settle for a field goal it's just long plays that they scored their touchdowns on so i'm i'm happy with this defense and it's um it's not nice to watch. That's the, the downside <laughs> to it. It's just like, I want to see the offense play. I like watching defensive football, but not for 35 minutes of a game. I'd like to see a bit more of an even split on that. But the red zone kind of defensive coverage is fantastic. And that's where they come to play, really, I think. Well, and you talk about the turnovers having an impact. The one that was probably the biggest impact was, you know, the Carson fumbles on mm-hmm. uh, what was the opening possession of the Seahawks in the second half, Cincinnati gets the ball, you know, they're down inside, inside the red zone and Dalton, just the ball slips out of his hands. (laughs) Al Woods right into his hands and he's able to rumble down the field. And that was, that was a huge turning point in the game because gosh, if the Bengals come away with points in, in that position. Now, if, if they are able to, you know, at, at that point you're thinking, I'll oh, just hold them to a field goal. Then yeah. they only go up by six and, and ultimately do, they do get that field goal later on. But that was a, a huge turnover for, and, you know, great position for Al Woods just to, to be able to, to get it before the ball even hits the ground. Yeah. He was just right there, right in position. I thought he would, he'd rumble on a bit, a bit further, but he, um, <laughs> Andy Dalton put, put his life on the line and made a tackle. Um, so fair play to him for that. But yeah, he just slipped out of his hand. The commentators initially called it as a, um, like a sack that forced the ball up, but no, it was a, one of those Eli Manning type ball just flies up out of your hands the wrong way completely and brilliant catch. And it really, and, and so you point to the fact that turnovers, 
uh, were a big part of this because Cincinnati had three turnovers. They fumbled uh, on one of their punt returns. Uh, there was obviously the fumble to end the game. And for the Seahawks, only the Carson fumble. So, you know, two point plus two in the turnover yeah. column for the Seahawks. Yeah, always good. That's one of Pete's philosophies is win that turnover battle. Get the ball, basically. We didn't have it for a lot of time in this game. They had it for longer. But we are an efficient team. It's not it's not fun football to watch most of the time, but I'm a big fan of efficiency. If you get the ball for less time, but you score more points, that's very efficient. very efficient job you're doing. It is tough to watch, and you could sense some of the frustration from Seahawks fans in this game because, you know, part of the fact of, and it really didn't matter. You know, you mentioned the the whole run run pass type philosophy mm. that we've seen in the past, but there was a drive in this game where Russell Wilson dropped back to pass twice in a row, got sacked twice in a row, <laughs> and yeah. then you know they they have a little dump off pass to Vanette and. You know, that I don't know what else you can do when it's third and 26 <laughs> and Russell Wilson's yeah. getting sacked almost immediately in the backfield. Like whether you're they and they had plays where you ran the ball and the guy was immediately tackled. So I I don't feel like it was the, the play calling necessarily is just the offensive line, not not blocking or the, you know, the, the Bengals doing such a great job up front against the Seahawks that it just made it so difficult on the team to where, you know, they had those negative plays on first and second down and you get to third down. And I know yeah, you got we're used 28 to yards to go. Yeah. There's <laughs> what can you do? I mean, you, you've obviously shown that you can't block them on first and second down on downs where you, they don't know if you're going to run or pass. You get to third mm. down when they, they know that you have to pass and yeah. they're going to be coming for you. And yeah, you just try and get what you can get at that point. There's no, there's not a whole lot of 26, you know, 27 <laughs> yard plays that Russell Wilson can have. And if you do, those need time to develop. And that there just wasn't that time. So it was, it was really fortunate that they were able to pull together on those drives. It just seemed where they had the drives where they, they just put together solid drives. Yeah. <laughs> and there were, I, I the rest of the game was frustrating. I don't know whether it's that we are massively underestimated their defensive line or whether our offensive line has taken a, a slight step back from last year. I think it, it's tough to call because it's week one. And right. We don't know. There's no game plan for this. We couldn't have predicted that the Bengals were going to come out like that because it's a new it's a new team. It's a new uh, coach. It's a new everything, basically, in, in Cincinnati. So fair play to them. They look better than everyone thought they would be. This was a, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite Seahawks team that won by a point in the end. So I think that's more to how everyone thought how bad the Bengals were going to be. And I think they're better than advertised. So I think, I think this is a good win. Yeah. I think it will look like a good win coming into the season when the Bengals are kind of in contention in the, in the North. Well, and you have to think about it too. If, if they don't give up that touchdown right before the half, if they're yeah. able to make a couple plays here and there, they probably do win by a more significant margin, but it's also, yeah. if, I, if I were a betting person and I saw the Seahawks with, you know, more than a touchdown favorite, I would mm. almost always take the points <laughs> from the other team because Pete Carroll plays yeah. these games so close. And we're, I, as a Seahawks fan, I'm used to seeing that. Yeah, we had 11 games within eight points last season. That's yeah. This is the football we play. If we're that 
heavily favoured, yeah, don't take the other team every time because it's, it's you're going to win some money on it. But I it's, did think the the thing that concerned me is I I did think that our defensive line would be able mm-hmm. to get more pressure on Andy Dalton with their beat up yeah. offensive line, and the fact that they weren't able to do that apart from some big plays here and there, that was surprising to me, that there wasn't more consistent pressure on Dalton. Yeah, the the, the pocket was closing in him, but I think he's, the, the kind of the new scheme they've put in place is for him to get the ball out quick and lots of slant routes and that sort of stuff because they were getting there, they just weren't getting home. The, the pockets were closing and the pressure was coming in, but he, he seemed more slippery than I've ever seen him before. <laughs> I'm not used to seeing that man do that. Bradley McDougal had a sack, you know, just yeah. slip, just right from his grip, and and Dalton able to roll out and throw the ball away at one point, and uh, he wasn't able to get away from Clowney though late in the game. As uh, no. I was, <laughs> Clowney got there just in time to get that sack before Dalton ran out of bounds on his own, and uh, fortunately, you know, it was uh, he he got there just in the in the nick of time to not get a, a penalty call. Yeah, on the, on the TV they call that as a team sack, but ESPN have given the stat to uh, Clowney, and I'm happy to go with that. Just, it, we finished with four sacks in total, which is is not bad. It's the same as the Bengals. Right. Uh, it just looked a lot worse than when they were getting sacks on Gosh, consecutive plays. I felt plays. like Russell got sacked way more than four times. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It, it felt like that when we were watching it, especially when it sacks, sack, uh, three-yard pass to Nick Vanette and then punt it away. It's, <laughs> right. It, that's not fun to watch, but yeah, it, I think... Watching it live, it, it does feel much worse. But looking back at the stats, I think, well, four sacks, fine. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks took a lot of sacks this weekend. So that's not that bad. <laughs> and it's good for us with the defensive line without um, kind of our main guy now in Jaron Reed not being there. Ten sacks last year. Ziggy Anza wasn't able to to make it into the game. LJ Collier uh, also sat out this game. Yeah, it was a little three bit huge sp- pieces. Yeah. Yeah, big pieces, and and with Clowney not even playing uh, significant playing time, so it was nice to see Quentin Jefferson have such a big impact in this game. And you know, Puna Ford, he had an impact, although it didn't really show up in the stat line. And you know, unfortunately, he went out with injury. It didn't sound too serious. Will Disley maybe the more uh, one to be concerned about, considering his you know him returning from a knee injury and then having a going out with a knee injury in this game. Yeah. Um, I thought he, he looked okay when he was, when he was, when he was playing, when he was fit, he, he was running his routes nicely and he had a nice catch um, for 11 or 12 yards, I think yeah. just before half time. So he, he looked fine. As, yeah. Let's like say hopefully it's not a serious injury because I didn't hold much hope for Nick Vanette and um, Ed Dixon, if he's on the roster, yeah, if he's a, he active comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, it's it's a win. A win is a good win whenever you get it. And somehow the Forty Nine ers also won. So I'm not sure we're kind of uh, we're third in the division currently. But um, yeah, it's a win. One and zero. Yeah, and even Arizona doesn't lose, and they still manage to be <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of the division, coming away with a tie in Week One. So yeah, the Rams just barely eke out a win against Carolina, and yeah, NFC West looking good. It was the AFC uh, North that really had the struggles apart from the Ravens uh, getting that <laughs> huge win over the Dolphins. But every other North team, including Pittsburgh, you know, the big loss to the Patriots, uh, only putting up three points. And that's who the Seahawks are going to get coming up here in week two. 
Yeah, everyone during the game on our on our new Slack uh, channel was saying how many points this team is going to put up against us. Well, after that game last night, I'm quite confident that we can uh, <laughs> shut these guys down for not a, a massive amount of points. They're going to be coming uh, home. There, I and I yeah. have to expect that they're going to score more than three points at home against the Seahawks. But <laughs> hey, I would be extremely happy if they go back to back weeks without a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, James Conner rushed for 21 yards on 10 carries. We can keep him to that next week. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross, uh, really want to thank you for coming on and breaking down the Seahawks' win over the Bengals. And if people want to find your show, uh, where's the best place to go to find First and Ten? Uh, on Twitter, we're at first and ten underscore, and then uh, on iTunes and um, all those places, uh, just at first and ten NFL show. If you use Anchor, by the way, you can send us a voicemail into our show, um, which will get automatically placed into the show, and we'll answer your questions on the show. So yeah, use Anchor; it's a, a podcasting platform. Outstanding, Ross. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you very much. Go Hawks! Thanks again to Ross Bell. Be sure and check out the first and 10 podcast and also go to fieldgoals.com and check out Jackson Bevins. He has his cigar thoughts from game one. Mookie Alexander has the winners and losers from the Seahawks 21 to 20 win over the Bengals. And John Fraley points out the big games from Quentin Jefferson and Al Woods against the Bengals. It's all right there. Fieldgoals.com. We'll have more for you right here later in the week, including at the Seahawkers podcast. And if you want to help support the shows, you can go to getintheflock.com. Those of you who support the show will get a shout out on the next episode of the Seahawkers podcast as I chat with Adam coming up later this week. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.